0: it's after hours with amy lawrence on cbs sports radio and i'm so happy in studio we don't get a lot of guests in studio not to mention it's a holiday weekend and his birthday brandon robinson though you may know him as scoop b he's a sports and entertainment writer he's been covering the nba since he was 12 managing editor and columnist at respect magazine and has a daily scoop b radio podcast how do you have time to do anything else Oh, wait, do we have your mic
1: on? <laughs> can you there hear me? Go. I, I can hear you now. P- prayer helps. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Um, first of all, honor to be here. Admire you from afar oh, a lot.
0: Oh, you're sweet. Thank and, you. No,
1: I mean it. And I, I think that, honestly, I have a good team around me. A guy that's listening now, uh, Manny Grant, Manuel Grant, Brooklyn's own. He manages the, the, the producing side of Scoopy Radio mm-hmm. because we have endless content. And uh, the good thing about the endless content is, you know, Scoopy Radio is not your typical podcast. It's actually a time capsule. I feel like I'm a young kid talking about Nickelodeon. But because <laughs> I started so young, um, I started uh, actually with uh, WFAN uh, Joe, Joe uh, sorry, Evan Roberts. Mm-hmm. Evan Roberts. Our we sister. Had sh- sta- yes. Well, he's
0: our New York affiliate, yes. but he's he's next door to us during yes. the middays. Yes. yes.
1: And uh, we had a show called Net Slamming Planet. And Chris Carino, the Nets uh, radio guy, was the producer of the show. And uh, I had a ton of tapes that just sat in a Timberland box at my parents' house one day. And so I had interviews with like B.J. Armstrong, Scott Burrell, Kendall Gill, Jason Williams, and we took those tapes and we digitized those tapes. And it kind of just started, the first interview I had was with a guy named J.R. Reed, And it went from, you know, 12-year-old Brandon to, you know, current day. And uh, just this week, one of our interviews, you know, which was on video form, uh, hit on ScoopBradio.com, which you can find on iTunes and everywhere else. Um, But that interview with Kenny DeJess Smith went viral and talking about the Bulls and the Rockets and things of that sort. But... You know, Scooby Radio's been running for about a year. It's been a grind. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Yes, ma'am. Well, I know I'm going to ask the question that everybody wants to know: How does this happen when you're 12 years old? What was the catalyst that launched you into radio at age 12?
1: Um, well, I was a kid that just never would shut up. Uh, I had parents. And my That's, mom. And that and
0: sounds like me too. <laughs> although I didn't start when I was 12. I
1: did not. St- <laughs> I, well, basically, I, I auditioned. It was a, a 1660 AM Oswald Radio defunct. Was a Jersey was in Jersey City at the Liberty Science Center, and they were looking for child talent, and basically. <laughs> uh I was, doing, I was auditioning at Chelsea Pier with some kids, hundreds of kids, and uh, I got a second call back. Got in, and I was one of eight kids selected and was doing uh, crash dummy commercials. The Nets get, uh, called at that point. They were rebranding. John Calipari was vice president of basketball operations and head coach, hmm. and uh, Keith Van Horn was their draft pick, uh, second oh pick in the 97 gosh, draft. Oh my gosh, I feel so old! <laughs> <laughs> Long story short... Um, I think that obviously just connecting with people. When I was a kid, I saw Stephen A. Smith when he was the beat writer for the Philadelphia 76ers. Chris Boussard when he was covering the Nets and the Knicks for the New York Times. And, uh, you know, slid in that position, did it for two years and went back to being a normal kid. But I, that passion for 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 broadcasting was early. But I've always loved basketball. Uh, my late uncle Billy uh, ran citywide in, in Harlem. And I was around a lot of NBA guys at a young age. He knew and mentored a lot of people like Kenny Smith, Kenny Anderson, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And just right place, right time. I've always loved basketball. My, my dad in the other room, he, he's from the west side of Chicago, introduced me to a guy uh, on TV named Michael Jordan in 91. <laughs> and uh, it, it's, Did you I, have any
0: idea at that point that it, that it was Michael Jordan?
1: I actually met Michael uh, when I was a kid in the locker room. Funny story. Uh, before Nets game, and I walked into a room and that was separate from where all the players were dressing. This is the old Meadowlands, squeaky doors. You need a WD 40 to kind of keep the doors uh, on the hinge. And I remember opening the door, and Phil Jackson was on the left, Michael was on the right, putting on his jersey. And I'm looking at him like, dude, you're Michael Jordan. Like, why aren't you on my TV? <laughs> and uh, I, I looked at him, I was like, oh! and he smiled at me and said hello, you know. And, and to me, like, that, that was like meeting. I don't know. As an as an adult, Jay Z is my favorite rapper, mm. and so when I met him, I had that oh, moment too. I met him a few years ago. Certain people that you meet that you know you look up to, who have motivated you, have sure. kept you, you know, have been a part of your life. On on your notebook, remember you had the speckled notebooks, and you put the Jordan stickers on your notebook as a kid. To uh, meet, for me, me, Michael it was Larry
0: Bird stuff. Larry Bird posters, Celtics, Larry, old Celtics posters. One of
1: the top small forwards in the NBA of all time. Mm. Larry Absolutely. Legend is the man.
0: Alright, so before we take a break, let's talk about this. We'll get to this NBA Finals, but... It's very evident that the NBA markets its superstars heavily and does so by trying to incorporate the entertainment aspect of it. Without a doubt. Their All-Star Weekend is a big party. They want their NBA Finals to be uh, not just a, a place where celebrities will go. They highlight the celebrities who are part of it. But they have you know a special uh, musician who will, not just for the NBA Finals, but for the entire playoffs, who will perform a particular song that they use exclusively for that playoff run how much, in your opinion, because you cover both entertainment and sure. the NBA, how much has that entertainment side of things help to boost the profile
1: of the league? You know, it's funny. I, I had a dinner with an NBA official a couple months ago and I said to them um, you look at the NBA, the NBA now is what the WWE is in a sense where it's not just the game it's not just the court. I mean people do as much talking like Triple H or or The Rock does on a microphone as they do playing on the court. You know, (laughs) Uh, Kevin Durant and and Russell Westbrook's breakup was a circus just like Stone Cold Steve Austin Stone Cold stunning somebody. (laughs) So I think when you look at the entertainment. It's it's not rigged though. Let's just clarify that. (laughs) Oh no. No, 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 no. You know people think that. (laughs) uh, I can see why but in this case i'm I'm keeping my 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 slate clean i am not gonna say that it is, but I think the entertainment side, you know th- the same people who were entertainers were the ones who grew up with the ball players. It's the synergy. That's why you have Bleacher Report making runs on instagram and and making these funny memes and things of that sort. I think it's great for the game because it ties in people's interests. You know the fact that there's an n b a award show and Nicki Minaj is one of the headline singers and Drake. Mr. Uh, Toronto was hosting the show. You know that's 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 great synergy for the league, and I think it's cool.
0: There definitely is a ton of crossover. Sure, uh, there's a lot of relationship there, and even. LeBron James, for instance, um, his agency that represents guys who Clutch. are in other industries, Clutch. and then Jay-Z, who's, whose agency represents a lot of Black NBA Nation. athletes, mm. too. And so, yeah, you have a lot of crossover, and there's a mutual respect, and I think also a, an agreement that, hey, what what helps me also helps you.
1: When I went to college, I did a uh, thesis. My, gra- my thesis was on celebrity and the changing nature of sports journalism. And we used Stuart, we used the theory of convergence. We talked about convergence and we talked about, I used the cultural studies perspective, which Mm -hmm. was Stuart Hall's uh, cultural studies perspective. And I said that the NBA began that synergy in 96. Allen Iverson was drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers in the 96 draft. And, you know, having a ton of tattoos and things of that sort were were frowned upon. You know, Michael kind of ushered in being a rock star in the league, but Allen Iverson brought the culture to the NBA. Mm. and. I remember Hoop Magazine airbrushed his tattoos. Now you see everybody not only sure. having tattoos, but arm sleeves, you know, and having this 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 attitude, you know, this this edge, this chip on your shoulder. I, I think there are a lot of players that owe Allen Iverson a couple of checks.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Scoop B, Brandon Robinson, is here on his birthday. Yes. And we're going to talk about the NBA Finals coming up. Plus, I gave him a little bit of a heads up that I'm going to ask him who is his <laughs> most interesting man in the world when it comes to the sports well, the stratosphere, or if you want to go specific to the NBA. So he is thinking about that. We're so grateful that you're here. Thank you so much. And happy birthday again. Thank you, thank you, thank we'll you. take a brief break. We've got our update straight ahead, but you can find us on Twitter at ALawRadio. Uh, let us know who you think the most interesting man in the world is in sports. After Hours on CBS Sports Radio, here's our latest sports update.